Welcome back to the AM Take Podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Marv, and we're two parts of this very awesome podcast. I hope you got to enjoy Mother's Day and spend time with your mama last week. Yep, because this week we'll be talking about our moms and basically a little bit of the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but before that, how was Mother's Day for you? Did you wish her a happy Mother's Day? Mother's? Yeah, I did. And she, I sent her a text, actually, because she was yeah. busy. And uh, my mom sent me emotes, and it was kind of hilarious. Oh. About, she said thank oh, you. Okay. She said thank you, and then she did the you know the pray emo, and then oh. she said love you, and then she sent me a heart. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Wait, did she just did she just discover emojis? She's, I don't know, but she's never said that. She's never sent it like that. She's oh. usually uh, respond to me in Hmong or something like that, and that's oh. it. And not never in like emotes. And I was I saw that. I was like, oh okay, this is uh, that's cute, is interesting. Oh, that's new, interesting development. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like she learned something like, new. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I thought that was funny, but yeah. yeah, how about you? What did you guys do? Um, so it's it's kind of funny in a way because uh we were trying to plan it out and then see who's available for Mother's Day dinner slash lunch or whatever, mm. and then my brother was the most non flexible person ever, and oh what? Uh, yeah, wow. he was like, I can only do Sunday lunch, like what? Okay. Um, so then my mom was like a bit pissed about that. She's like, we're having barbecue. And then like, I have to prepare everything for lunch because it's more of like a dinner thing, right? Cause like you have lots yeah. of prep work to do. Yeah. And then she was all like, whose day is it anyway? Is it his birthday? No, it's oh, mom wow. and mother's day. Anyway, my sister was telling us all about it cause she was on the phone with her and my sister uh-huh. was like getting an earful and my sister kept saying like yo man take it up with jim it ain't me <laughs> <laughs> oh god so, that's funny <clears throat> so come mother day uh and uh we had uh delicious food as always um david is an excellent cook and he prepared a feast as always uh and then we surprised her by taking her to a tulip farm uh, oh, and wow. then she got to pick her own tulips, like uh, twelve tulips, and uh, mm-hmm. she thought she thought we were going hiking, <laughs> and she was wondering she was wondering why you all dressed up, like why are you guys all nice looking, and then my sister was like, Amy, go put on makeup for mom, and so I was like, fine, and then she's like, why we need put put on makeup? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, she was dressed even though. We told her to dress nicely. She still dressed up for like hiking. And then she was like, oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that happened. Uh, but yeah, it was nice. It was, uh, I think she enjoyed the day. That's good. Um, aside for that, I, I do sound a little weird right now. Uh, that's because I'm coming down with a cold, I think. Hooray! <laughs> me and colds. Me and colds. I just am a magnet. It's like, like one of us every week, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. It's it's crazy. Oh, are you are you good now? By the way, I all healed up. I randomly get coughs every now and then. <clears throat> not from allergies. Not from like being it being dusty or anything like that. It's just randomly, like if I yawn too hard or something like that, and then I'll just start coughing as if I'm choking or something. It's oh, just, okay. it's just randomly, and I know. It comes from my sinuses because I can feel it there, and I'm like, "Oh God, I thought I was done with this." Yeah, so it's, oh, that's okay. that's so been still... annoying. Yeah, so I know still, I'm still uh... recovering from it. Ultimately, 
God damn. What is this? 2023 is just fucking punching us hard with all these respiratory viruses. Exactly. It's crazy. Uh, And I just did a COVID test right now and it's negative. So thank goodness for that. Uh, But yeah, so that's that's it for the update, I guess. No. Uh, What's going on next week? Next week. Oh, right. Wait. No, two weeks. Next week. Well, I mean, in I'll two be, weeks. Yeah, in two weeks, I'll be yes, I'll be traveling in, in next week. Next week, I'll be yes. I'll be staffing an animation, and so it's a convention, anime convention. So I'll be there, and then immediately afterwards, well, give or take two two days, I think two days, right? Oh my god, uh, three days. Uh, I'll be back in town on Monday, and I'll uh-huh. fly back out to Montreal on Thursday, and I'll be staying yeah, with Amy yeah, and yeah. Joe, and we'll be yeah. there to attend a. Oh wait! I thought you were flying on on Friday. You're f- flying on Thursday. I believe it's Thursday. Whatever the second is. Wasn't it the second? Yeah. The second is Friday. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. There goes my uh, my uh, you know. Well, that's good then. Gosh, I need to yeah, adjust my like, work I schedule. can't believe, I can't believe like you're like. What if you ended up at the airport on Thursday? You're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a sad day. I would have been like, yeah. I wouldn't be able to get through security. They'd be like, what's your yeah, boarding pass. It's for tomorrow, sir. Right. But yeah, so <laughs> right. I. That's uh, yeah coming up in the next Look, few weeks, so it's gonna be pretty. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, be pretty. We're gonna have lots of fun. Hectic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, animation is what? How many days? Uh, two days. Two, um, three days. Well, it's Thursday to Sunday, essentially. The Thursday night to Sunday, oh, okay. basically. So, um. Okay. It'll be um. You know, it'd be interesting. Do you have a specific like p- uh, department that you're working in as a staff? I am working the dealer table. Oh, oh you're. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are well, you? Not the dealer table, but the dealer area. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're just roaming around, checking if there's bootlegs. No. Checking if. Not, not, not that, and not that involved. But mainly, we just sit there in case people have questions or anything like that. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. And where is Animazement? Which state? Oh, it's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. You going with anybody? Nope. I'll just be going by myself. Last year I went with my my best friend, but uh, he won't be able to attend this year, so um, it'll just oh, be okay. me and the uh, the standard staff. So yeah, looking forward to it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Are you guys doing anything th- this weekend? Coming up? Um, I know that I'm gonna have a couple friends over to help uh decorate some stuff. But uh-huh. uh aside for that, no, nothing planned out really. I see. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, uh do you wanna start us off, Amy? Sure. Um, so my mama was born in Vietnam, although she is Chinese. Um her dad is Chinese, her mom is Chinese. Um, she is what they called um, the Hua people, or in Cantonese, Huayan, um, which essentially means from Chinese ancestry, people who who um, like migrated to Vietnam, but from Chinese ancestry. So mm. she is the youngest of, I forget, was it five or six siblings? Uh, but she, she was the only one who got to go to school. Mm-hmm. I believe she finished elementary school. I don't think she finished high school, but uh, I, I I think she got lucky. 
because you know she was the only one who who was fortunate enough to uh, to be sent to school. So life in Vietnam was pretty much. <sighs> Uh, I don't know if she was exaggerating or not, but growing up, you know, she would always say things like, oh, count yourself lucky. Back in Vietnam, I had to do this. Oh, I had yeah. To do Tell that. me about yep. <laughs> Right? Like, she was like, I'd be out in the rice fields with the huge cow next to me. I'm five years old. Like, count yourself lucky. You get toilet paper. We we had to scrape our asses with bamboo sticks. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> so so like um she was also describing how like you know it's it's a tiled roof and then there would be leaks when it pours and then like wow, you guys had tile roof? buckets and wow. so uh so there's that and then she also described how um uh oh she would always cry for, because of uh, was it porridge that she hated? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was porridge that she hated because she, she she never got to eat rice. It was always for New Year's that she really? got to eat rice. Yeah, because like uh, the rest of the time it would be porridge. It had to be because it's expensive, mm. and to feed that many mouths, you had to like dilute it with water. Mm. So, <clears throat> so you know, once a year they get to eat actual rice which is during new year's and she would always cry because she would always get the burnt stuff (laughs) (laughs) she's the youngest so um there's that now she lived in vietnam in the time where there was still war Mm -hmm. and then upon doing some research it was war between the south and north of vietnam yep um there was conflict and then i believe the u.s was aiding the south yep where she lived, she lived in the north, but she lived in, next to a harbor. I don't know if it was Ho Chi Minh or something like that, but mm. um, but it got bombed very frequently because of that. So I think at the age of uh, very young, at like toddler, she got sent to live in the mountains with her grandparents, and. From what she said, she got treated badly there. But then um, once she was old enough, she got sent back to the city to live with her own family. And then she said that she didn't recognize anybody uh, at oh. that point. Like She didn't wow. even recognize her mom anymore. So then she lived in Vietnam until um, I think in 1978 or 79, where they were forced to... Uh, to exit the country because there was a conflict between China and Vietnam. Oh. And then they were kicking out all the Chinese like people, right? So then they became the boat people. Um, she, I, I remember her recounting the tales of her watching in horror the, the boat sinks, like the neighboring boats. Mm-hmm. And it was just horrible. And she was like so seasick but um eventually they made it out to um china where they found temporary refuge there was one aunt that refused to board the boat because she didn't want to leave her husband oh um yeah because she married so her her sister her eldest sister uh married a vietnamese man and 
well, it was only the Chinese people that were getting kicked out. And, well, she didn't want to leave her husband, so she, she decided to stay while, while the rest of the family left. So uh, that was like a, a, you know, like a very uh, sad goodbye, I guess. Mm-hmm. Very sudden as well. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, they found temporary refuge in China and then got relocated to uh, one of the Western countries that, that uh, they, they could choose between Canada, US, the UK, France, Australia. And, well, my family chose Canada. Uh, some went to Winnipeg. Most went to Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were part of... Uh, oh, and that was funded by the church. And that was nice of the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they got into this integration program where they had to learn French and then uh, they had jobs. My mom worked at these light bulbs factory mm-hmm. where they were just making light bulbs. And then she met my dad here through a friend and then had us. I have an older sister born in 85. There's me born in 90 and then my younger brother in 91. And that's about it, I would say. Did your mom learn French? A little bit. Oh. Like, she knows how to speak French a little bit. Not completely fluent, but, you know, enough to get by. I see. Um, yeah. Any English at all? Or, like... Uh, just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny, too. Why? Well, you know, she'll emphasize on some words, and it's just <laughs> with a huge... Chinese accent too, and it's it's like is there is there a Chinese accent when speaking French? Yeah, like it. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. It is so funny. Sometimes I just make fun of her and just repeat whatever she says <laughs> in, in in a thick Chinese accent, and then she's like, "Hey, don't laugh at me. Why are you laugh at me?" And she hits me. Ah, oh, that's funny. Where did did she uh? Stay? Did she uh relocate to Quebec and stay in Quebec or in Montreal or are they? Is it were you? Did they travel around a bit? No, no, it was just Montreal. Oh, and okay. They decided to stay. Uh, funny, funny thing, fun fact. According to her sister, mm-hmm. my aunt, um, it was. I remember it was during a uh, a New Year's dinner feast, and then my aunt was retelling her story of when they were in Vietnam and when they escaped. Oh. How my mom almost didn't come to Canada because she had a boyfriend in China. Oh. And my mom was like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? what is this tea? It's so good. Yeah. Did she deny it completely or did she finally tell you? Yeah, my mom denied it. Oh. <laughs> but like... But like I knew my my aunt was telling the truth, so that's funny. So yeah, that's funny. Imagine staying behind because of a a boyfriend. Because of a Chinese boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have happened. <laughs> what happened to your aunt that stayed behind? Is she still in touch with? Uh, so very rarely, actually. She's um almost the age of my. She's much much older than than mm. my mom. Mm. Like. When my grandma had my mom, mm-hmm. her oldest sister was having her firstborn. Mm. So, so their age gap is huge. And the reason behind this is because 
her eldest sister is actually her half sibling. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's it's actually a pretty sad story. Uh, my my grandma got married to this uh, family, and then she was treated poorly. Um, had this daughter, and um, and then later on had a son, and then that family, the mother in law, decided to keep the son and kick her out. Oh, and what? kick her and the daughter out. Yeah, and so then, um, then she uh, she met my grandpa, and then my grandpa just decided to care for, uh, for them, and then marry her. Uh, and my mom always told us that my grandpa loved the eldest sister just as if she was his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never met them. Oh, I've, I've never met. Yeah, I've never met my my eldest maternal aunt. Are they in Vietnam or are they in China? Um, she's still in Vietnam. Okay. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of stuff happened in Vietnam. That's like very. It it's because of poor education and people didn't know a lot of things and and then would get themselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I mentioned to you that my. My aunt gave birth to the firstborn, and then my my mom was born around the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, firstborn did not last, uh, as in she gave birth like immediately after marrying that that Vietnamese man, mm. and people never knew that she was pregnant, and oh. the reason they didn't know is because she was binding her her belly. For like nine months. What? Uh, yeah, that's what happened. So like right after, because like it's a it's a big no no, right? Like yeah. if you, so that was, you know, it's it's just because they didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I've met my uncle who settled in uh, Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. He um he lost one leg. Mm-hmm. And it was because he decided to join the army. He didn't have to because he's not a citizen. Like he's not he's not a Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. He's Chinese, right? But he decided to, and then like I think they said that he stepped on a bomb or something, and so then like mm-hmm. they had to amputate one leg. And then my aunt, my maternal aunt, who's living in Montreal. Um, she was very lucky because she is. She survived a bombing, like you know, when the air sirens mm-hmm. go off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was hiding in one of those holes. Oh, um, wow! And then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, when the when the bombs dropped, she said that her body like flew, like I don't know how many feet in oh the air, and then, then she landed. But like all over her body, there was like bombshells on her skin that that like pierced her skin, but she survived. Mm-hmm. My mom was lucky. She's like the one without all these horrible things happening to her. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, I think I'm missing an uncle, but... Oh, yeah. And I have another uncle who uh, also lives in Montreal, but I don't... I'm not I'm not in, in good contact with him, so <laughs> I'm not going to talk about him. <laughs> anyway. That's fine. Anyway, enough about my mama. What about your mom? Well, my mom uh, was born in Laos, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, close neighbors, but not exactly the same country. Mm-hmm. Um, around the same time frame, I'd say, uh, in regards to 
Um, well, not the same time frame, but in the 60s is when she was born. 66, exactly, uh, okay. specifically. She's the oldest of, I think, 10 or 11. Wow. I can count 10, but I, I think there's an 11th one that I'm missing. But um, sibling. And um, her dad was the teacher in their village. So they were pretty, uh, her dad was pretty prominent. You know, okay. a lot of people didn't know him because he taught the kids and things like that as well. Um, mm-hmm. They came over to the States during the Vietnam conflict. So it was around roughly the 70s to 80s area, okay. era, uh, I believe. They came in 74 or 76, accordingly. Because either my dad came in 72, my mom came in 76 or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, they were also, uh, they came over because they were brought um, over from Thailand. So mm. where they were, they were in Laos, but due to the Hmong community was recruited by the C- the uh, American CIA to fight on behalf of them, but not being known, I guess, as them. So they recruited them, mm-hmm. but trained them and had them fight for them to cut off the supply, ch- uh, the supply chain from uh, communist Laos to uh, communist North uh, North Vietnam. So, I read about that, yeah. Yeah, so that's what they were trained for. And so because of that, they essentially were dragged as a part of this war, uh, this okay, conflict, yeah. I guess you could say. And so the Laotian uh, government as well, the, the communist Laotian government and the North Vietnamese started pursuing Hmong, uh, Hmong people, I guess you could say. Wait, Northern Vietnamese for... people were pursuing, like as in attacking Hmong people because of the yeah 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 because of the um the um because they were aiding basically they were aiding the South Vietnamese and oh my there's bad blood what do you mean but isn't it bad blood like with South and North Vietnamese as well too yeah you know so that's that I mean but I mean nowadays you know it's usually doesn't matter anymore okay yeah but um you know there's still a stigma I guess you could say but uh what was I saying oh yeah so because of that um. They had to escape from Laos eventually to Thailand, and they settled in Thailand for a bit. And from there, when the U.S. pulled out of Vietnam, uh-huh. they had all these people that they were re- that were es- they were re- essentially responsible for outing, I guess you could say, because now that they left, the Hmong people had no protection, right? No uh-huh. um, acknowledgement. They basically didn't acknowledge the Hmong. Um, that they recruited the Hmong into this fight. And so mm. with that said, the least they could do was relocate some of these. So with that relocation, choices were as well with your mom, the U.S., mm-hmm. Canada, not really the U.K., but France was one of them. Australia mm-hmm. was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Argentina was even a big one. Mm. Um, and so they were, those are funded by the government because of, their involvement but when they actually relocated to those cities it was mainly um non-profits churches organizations and things like that that mm. helped them out and got them to work and we i don't know if they had an integration program because mm-hmm. i don't think those typically exist in the states basically not even for like, there was a to lot learn english like basically but no not 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 particularly integration but like they gave courses and stuff like that oh, that yeah, they yeah. had to sign up for i mean that counts to yeah so yeah they relocated in the 70s 80s and things like that and um my mom would often talk about the same things that's you know she would make remarks about the same thing about how things were different when they lived in laos or what they they wouldn't particularly call laos they would call it like the old country you know specifically Mm -hmm. um and it's funny 
when they would talk about it because they would essentially say things like before like things changed before after the country a literal translation would be blew up you know mm. but what they mean is when you know essentially like it went south i guess when people started i guess running or mm-hmm. trying to flee to thailand you know because obviously thailand was more of a neutral country because of its um it didn't really have a um it was a a, a monarchy right right so mm-hmm. it didn't have that communist or democratic aspect to it so a lot of people were um refugees there i know right. i know a lot of the monk people were there and when my parents would talk about it they would talk about the refugee camp names and things like that and when they met someone new like a new Hmong family a new Hmong person they would ask them if they were older that is they would ask them about their um where they relocated in thailand when they mm-hmm. came to the states and they would talk about um which refugee camps they were in and for how long and who what families were there that they knew mm-hmm. and they had they always have this like uh you know it's it's funny because one of the one of the funny things is with Hmong culture you're you you stick really close to your clan, I guess. Yeah, it's what yeah. the closest thing you can talk, you can uh, attribute it to. But we only have like there's only roughly fifteen, sixteen last names. So those are the clans, I guess, if you can say. And so you stick mm-hmm. close to them. And my mom and my dad would like constantly talk to other people, and they would bring up these things, and they would. Uh, that's how you would identify people um, in the past, as well as certain who is who and what a family they came from and what village because of what uh part of the thai refugee camp they lived in they mm. could like, trace that back down to where what villages they lived in in laos I see. and so it was a lot of that and did your, um did mm-hmm. your parents ever go back to laos no mm. no oh. i don't think my mom would want to go back to laos uh i think she said that many times but she wouldn't mind going back to thailand okay um my dad would want to go back to Laos to see, uh, but he doesn't. I don't think he really. I don't think they really want to go back to see Laos. But um, they say they feel bad sometimes for mm. being here because they see like pictures and videos of um, Hmong people in Laos and um, how they live, and you know they constantly. My dad constantly tells me to go back there and to see how they live so that I can appreciate where they came from. And I I get where he's coming from, but I already appreciate where I came from. You know, I appreciate the struggles my mom and my dad went through. And um, me also being the oldest, I have a, a commonality, I guess you could say, with my mom, you know, being... Um, Maybe a little bit less so, I guess, mm-hmm. because I identify with being the oldest, but um, with her, she was slated to take care of the family, right? Yeah. So she had to take care of everybody, and um, she she sacrificed a lot to take care of everyone. And, um, you know, she never went to school, things like that, and she was the first one to get married. And um, thankfully, when my parents got together, my dad was very loving of her family mm-hmm. and um he did a lot for them as well too and i think that really resonated with her mm-hmm. and so with that said i for me it's a little bit different because i'm not there with my family and i'm the oldest mm-hmm. and sometimes i feel guilt in regards to that and i talk to my mom 
about that often and she <laughs> she always gives me conflicting advice you know oh. because i know i know how she is because she'll she knows how she knows what i want she knows what i want to do like she'll tell me to live my life but then she'll mm-hmm. say things like oh it'd be nice if you came back and stayed with us because you know and then she will ultimately end it with no it's still up to you i may i may say what i want to say but that's because i'm your mom mm-hmm. but i know you'll do what you have to do and so mm-hmm. it's um it's like thanks mom i appreciate <laughs> it and at the same time it's like it doesn't fully um calm me down i guess you could say because well, you didn't get a clear I, answer but, but, <laughs> yeah but at the same time i think she's just i think ultimately she's just trying to say don't forget about us you know okay. um as a way of rubbing it in you could say so and could you um, paint a picture of like let's say if you were to live in laos as a Hmong person what would it look like oh man i mean i don't know about now because now when i talk to my mom she's you know, she still keeps in touch with some family in laos like they have uh they don't particularly have like nice houses but they have houses and they still live in the mountainside and mm-hmm. mountaintops and things like that but they do have access to technology they do have mm-hmm. access to like clothing things like that um but from what i know in the past like they would um live in huts basically straw huts um mm. and um you know nothing was really too glamorous i guess uh kids would run around naked um you would have there would be i mean it would be constantly dirty in a way i guess you um food wasn't exactly cheap okay. meat wasn't exactly uh, cheap so there was a lot of chicken a lot of pork not not a lot of beef at all mm-hmm. um rice soup and there wasn't a lot of uses of spices or anything like that just because they were expensive so that's why with Hmong, the monk community you have a lot of reliance on you know chili pepper and hot chili and things like that to essentially um preserve use as a well not preserve but use as a dip to um give some spice flavor. to oh, okay yes yeah, flavor to every, everything basically so i see um and like you said with porridge right with mong in the mong community we have we eat rice we you can't eat definitely eat rice with water um it basically makes it a little bit more filling yeah. um so that you don't go hungry or you don't feel hungry i guess you could say mm-hmm. and even to this day i do it you know it's 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 i think it's great <laughs> Especially- i mean it definitely is very clean for like the say the stomach the gut um yeah and you, you do get hungry fast after after eating that like yeah sure it fills you up fast but it also is mostly water so you get hungry fast but, after that. Yeah, but I love it with like something super salty. Like if I'm eating like just oh. straight bacon, right? Right, right. You know, I'll eat that with rice and water, and it's it's like the perfect compliment because like Wait. yeah, it's really water, it's really you know filling, but then at the same time, bacon is so salty, so I can eat like a lot of bacon. So that's bad and good in a good way, I guess you could say, because like it's a lot of bacon, but then it's it's good with that. But mm. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but. Um, well, no, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's it's nice. Like you get to eat those pickled side dishes that are usually really really salty. Oh yeah, exactly, and it goes so well with it. And mm-hmm. it's weird because like, um, if I want a a a good dessert or something, I'll I'll have a banana with like a bowl of rice and water. Wait, for and, real? 
Yeah, and it's just like okay, it's the thing with all right, the texture with the texture, and the smell, the scent of the banana, the smell of the banana, and then the texture of the rice and water, right? And at the same time, being cool. So I I would put like ice cubes in it to cool it down, right? And so if it's a hot day, I'd eat the banana and eat like a, a spoonful of rice and water, right? And okay. it'd be like it it'd be refreshing, you know. And I oh, this is pretty good, you know. I don't know, it's, maybe that's just me, but I found out I was a kid. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool, okay. and. I thought that was pretty cool, but um, yeah. So growing up with my mom um and being the oldest was was kind of um it was kind of tough, you know. Um, yeah. Because she she did she always um she always expected us to be on our best behavior, um mm-hmm. especially uh, especially like around people, things such as family was emphasized, school was emphasized as well too. Um, you know they obviously didn't want you to to date when you were young they didn't want you to go out and hang out with friends all the time things like Mm -hmm. that you know um she was she was strict but to a point as well too you know um Mm -hmm. there was always reasoning behind things my mom is very religious and with that comes a lot of um religious teachings things of that nature that Mm -hmm. should be followed obviously try to be a good person things like that right um but it was hard because um she was very, I guess, how do you say this? Um, stern, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one mom- one point in my life where I felt like I wasn't a kid anymore. And I oh, was expected yeah. to be an adult. Yeah. And it was, a, it was like, I think my mom yelled at me or something like that. And usually when I was younger, I remember distinctly like when she yelled at me or I did something wrong. And yeah. I got punished for it. She would eventually come back around and like console me about mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and cheer me up. But I distinctly remember the 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 point when that no longer happened. Oh, when yeah, when I did mess up or did something, I expected her. I was waiting for her to come and console me, but she didn't. And at that point, I knew okay, now I'm expected to be an adult. I'm no longer yeah. a child. Was that like you know? was that, that around like teenage years? That was around like no, that was around like eleven, twelve. 10, okay. 11, 12, one of the, during that time frame. And I distinctly felt that shift. And I remember at one point I got really mad at my mom and I yelled at her and I told her that I'm like, you know, I was basically saying things like, don't you want me as your son anymore or something like that? Because um, I was confused. Obviously, as a kid growing up, you're used to something, right? And something yeah. doesn't happen anymore. You're like, did something change? Yeah. And so... Um, my mom explained to me she's like you know you're older now you're an adult you're expected to behave yourself and i can't always be there to um console you and i'm like oh okay man that that realization she played the uno reverse card on you yeah that that realization like really hit hard at that time and um i mean now that i look back on it you know i have more respect for my mom because she treated me as 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 someone she she gave me a lot of responsibility like you know i was expected to uh deal with the consequences of my behavior <laughs> you yeah, know yeah and so, so she taught um, you accountability from a from yeah a so um her explaining that made sense at the time but you know me being a bratty kid like i was just like oh mom doesn't love me anymore you know things like that what would but you do to get yourself in trouble it was just like not doing chores not listening to my parents when they told me to do something uh-huh. or uh generally acting out not you know playing playing with the toys and just throwing them everywhere um Um, just dumb stuff that kids do that 
you tell them to do something and they just refuse to do it. You know, it wasn't like running around, or it was like not running around the house or anything like that. It was just like, it was due to like cleanliness and chores and things like that because, um, you know, my, my parents both worked at the same time mm-hmm. uh, at, at the time and my dad worked third shift, I think. My mom worked second shift. So they were hardly, they were hardly home at the same time. Uh, they were never home at the same time. And um, when they were, they were, um, you know, they were always tired and things like that. And I, I knew the struggle that they were going through because if they were, if they wanted to, they would work like first shift and be home when we were home, right? Right. Uh, from school. But they had to do what they had to do. And so um, we were expected to, quote unquote, keep our end of the bargain, which is understandable because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're at the same time, I think a lot of people can see that and they'll be like, oh, that's that's uh, abuse, you know. But then I don't think those are people who grew up in an immigrant household, you know, where mm-hmm. You had to grow fast. You had to grow fast yeah, some, yeah, at some some aspect, you know. Like, I was, we were home alone, and we were fine with that because mm-hmm. we knew how to take care of each other. I mean, not particularly cook the healthiest foods and things like that, but um, things like that. And But at the same time, realizing that our parents are working to enable us to live this um, modest life that we are living, you know. And whether or not they're there, we have to be able to take care of ourselves. But... You know, anybody from an outside perspective or who's not used to that um, immigrant experience, they would be like, oh, why is your parent, why are they being such bad parents, you know, or or things like that. I'm like, well, you know, I don't think they are because they are sacrificing. I mean, I don't think they would, they would I, I don't think they would want to just leave their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they want to, but they have to because it I mean, was survival, the, basically. It was yeah, trying it's to capital provide. society. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't go to work, then then. What do you do? Do you stay home and not have anything for your kids, or do you go to work and try to provide the best for your kids and hope yeah, your kids like, like it, what? Yeah, you like, teach your kids they use to um, take care of themselves, right? And yeah. so, um, it, I think it's, it would a lot be the. That. I I strongly believe it would be the same thing as um, like let's say if you pluck some Americans, um, from from their comfy home and then you just put them in Laos and then like. Watch oh yeah. yeah yeah and so yeah so my mom she has uh she had me in 86 and mm-hmm. so my brother in 87 my sister in 88 my other brother in 91 and my baby sister in 98 i believe and um yeah uh that's all of us so growing up raising five kids is not an easy task in this modern well i guess modern like quote unquote society so uh, it's always amazing when you know people learn that i'm the oldest of five and like, wow you parents and you know you think about it and that was that is a lot i guess but mm. that's for, in, in in regards to the mom culture that's not too much you know that's still well, i pretty, mean like uh, what your your mom is oldest of 10 11 so like yeah exactly <laughs> you know and so even this day and age you have families with like you know seven eight nine kids and things like that and so um, yeah and so you know i think um she did good um you know a few years ago my mom we had a lot of like heart-to-heart conversations and things like that Uh and to to know how much she struggled like yeah dealing with the pregnancies was uh, humbling because mm. she never opened up about what she went through yeah. especially dealing taking you know taking some shit from um other people 
in the family, not particularly from my mom's side, but from my dad's side as well uh-huh. too, and how they looked down on her and because of, of, of um, I guess just because of the last name, I guess they they clan. Oh, or, is there like a ca- uh, caste system now? Like not really, not particularly caste system, but like um, I don't know. It, it, was, it was just it was not a group of people. It was just like one or two individuals you know and i never knew and my mom never knew why they had it out for her as well too and i don't i still don't know why Uh, she still doesn't know why and so Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where people may just not like somebody for whatever reason you know i see and uh she would tell me about it and i felt bad because there was little she can do except be nice you know and um that's kind of sad because i mean as much as you're nice to someone and they still treat you like shit and all these years later it's like we're doing my parents do okay you know and mm-hmm. um she still talks about that stuff and it's sad because it, it clearly affects her right and it clearly affects her mental health and um learning about my mom's mental state going through pregnancy and being married and things like that was kind of interesting and um disheartening at the same time and humbling yeah. and very eye-opening because yeah. i am you know in general asian culture is patriarchal um yeah, it is. and so yeah. um i feel you having to, yeah being able to to hear that from my mom and her being so raw and open about it and yeah. it was it was probably one of the most um eye-opening conversations we've yeah. had and i know it's very hard for her to talk to me about it but i was going through some things as well too and so i think that's why she brought it up and you know it really brought us closer together and so she told me things and she told me not to say anything about it and um which and i look look at me here talking (laughs) about it now (laughs) but anyway um it was it was it was it was great to know how you know because when you grow up you you think your parents are you we really don't know the thoughts of our parents right they only tell us how much they want to tell us and they um you only see yeah you only see what they want you to see basically yeah and you don't you don't particularly see their struggles especially when it comes to like internal struggles and yeah they're really good at hiding that yeah and so to to have my mom open up about that because i was going through some uh, essentially uh, a mental health crisis and so Mm. um to have my mom speak to me openly about that stuff and to say that she ultimately overcame it was and i'm being very vague here and so mm-hmm. um it really helped me to you know look at my life perspective differently as well too because i often think about how my parents came over into the states and they have nothing they had nothing and mm-hmm. they had only the family and whatever clothes on their back and they were able to make a life and to yeah very humbly raise a family and do all these things and i am in such a a position of privilege just by the mere fact of being born here is i should be able to take advantage of that you know but i know i understand it's a new it's a new age it's a new era things aren't the same yeah it's different But at the same time yeah yeah, but at the same time i should be grateful Yeah. yeah exactly appreciation is a big thing so my mom is a very strong person yeah. um she's very funny she often makes fun of my mom um because she uses a lot of idioms and mm. i can't conceptualize those things like there's one that she particularly brings up all the time yeah and it's about um 
I probably spoke about it on the podcast before, but uh, it escaped my mind now. But uh, it was when she would say someone is, um, I guess, sick or yellow, or getting no. yeah, yellow air, and air, so yeah. she would always make fun of me because she, I, because one time I was, I was translating to my ex at the time. And my mom was like, what did you say? I said, yellow air, mom. He said, yellow air. So I translated yellow air. My mom said, oh, my God. And she started laughing. She's like, that's not what it means. It doesn't actually mean yellow air. And, you know, it yeah. means like you're sick, you know. And so um, yeah. she would always harp on things like that. So yeah. um, language is one thing that she loves to talk about because she knows enough English to to be able to figure stuff like that out, right? But then yeah. she knows that we don't know enough Hmong to be able yeah. to tell what an idiom stands for. She'll say, do you know what this means? Do you know what this means? I'm like, and I'll be put on the spot and I'll have to like, like put all my years of learning and studying into effect and try to make up something that is accurate. And she would make fun of me. She's like, oh, wow. So if someone went to college, you don't know very much. I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. I appreciate it. That's a lot. I appreciate it so much. And, amongst, you know, um, it's always fun. Amongst yeah. your siblings, are you the one who is most comfortable with Hmong? Uh, no, probably not. My sister is probably the most comfortable with Hmong. Okay. She, um, she is very comfortable with Hmong. Uh, she, she can write really well and she can speak it well too. Oh, but um, you can probably say I'm the second probably, okay. but, but first and second, the gap is very wide. I'll tell you that okay. much. <laughs> but um, I'm not, I'm not like, for me, it's like a switch on and off, right? If I'm I with see. my mom, I'll try to talk Hmong as much as I can. If yeah. I'm with an older person, I'll try to speak Hmong as much as I can, just out of respect. Um, but um, the gap is wide. The gap is very, very wide between my sister and me. But because uh, she can write Hmong, and she can, she's the one who we, we all, if we're writing something Hmong, we go to to have her grammatically check. Because like my mom is writing a letter to someone Hmong or a card to someone Hmong, she will. Um, Go oh. to my sister first. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Cause, yeah, because my mom can say it and, and do it right, but then they're not used to um, the writing of it because um, they never learned completely. Because, you know, Hmong never had a, a writing system. Mm. And the writing system was developed 50 years, like in the 1950s by mission, by U.S. missionaries. Mm -hmm. And that was taught, quote-unquote, taught to the Hmong. But then the gap between the 50s and the 70s when a lot of them came over to the States or relocated to the vietnam conflict was 20 years and 20 years is not enough time for a written language um to proliferate through the community you know um languages take decades and millennia to be mm -hmm. perfected in a way you know and so um that's understandable but my sister she she understands the context and the grammatical aspects of things so she's um the source of truth i guess you can say in this regard but obviously she doesn't know everything because there's other things in Hmong language that may or may not be translated correctly over. Right. It's kind of funny because, yeah. like, it's the opposite for me and my mom. I make fun mm. of her Chinese. Oh, what? Up, yeah, because she picks up these weird um, slang from, mm -hmm. from like, her friends. And then her friends oh. are all, her, her friends are all, like, Hua people as well. Like, they're, uh -huh. they're from Vietnam, but Chinese. Mm -hmm. And so, like, mm -hmm. you know their Chinese is not good. <laughs> so oh, so she pick up from them when they when yeah yeah good. so okay yeah so for example like oh, that's oh and I, I i really like uh i hate this too because like my sister picks up on it <laughs> so for example uh for the word for week right like um mm. 
one week. It's uh pai, okay, in mm. Cantonese. But she she goes by like she she just completely disregards the first wait word. Does is the first word required to essentially make yes the word? Okay, yes okay. Like when you yeah yeah it's it's just like she omits it. Like for example, uh, one week. I, I would say yakko lai bai, right? Like uh-huh. that is one. Ko is like a, a numerator thing, like uh, when you're counting. Oh, okay. And then lai bai is the the week. And then she goes yakko bai. Like where's the where's the where's the lai? <laughs> you know. Um. So when my when my friend uh when Casey like she heard my mom speak like huh <laughs> oh oh you mean lai bai. <laughs> Oh, so you can't. You can't. You, so you can't even like. Um, you have to think for a second, right? So it's not like a uh, unnecessary word or something like that. Yeah, no, no. Mm. It's it's not even like how, where did it come from, and why are you using it? Oh, I like see, I see. it's because uh, we're. I'm. I don't know. I'm used to the Cantonese in Hong Kong, and um, I'm not so used to the Cantonese from people it from vietnam mm-hmm. um and it's, it's but can you understand this though or do you have to take a second to understand it is it i'm trying to see what, I can't how understand impactful it. it is i guess like they have a really huge accent when mm. they speak cantonese mm. first of all i see and then second of all they'll invent words that don't exist oh well you but know. like you can understand you can understand because like you understand everything that they say like each single word but like when they put it together the invention just doesn't exist and mm. um and that's not how uh say people in hong kong would would talk and then i grew up with hong kong cantonese because like my father came from hong kong i see well i mean yeah. i'm partial to as long i'm partial to the mindset because i mean i did study linguistics in grad school so i'm partial to the the notion that if you understand and um that's usually fine as long as communication is there because you know language is an ever-changing medium you know it's never um it would be sad if language was very static and doesn't change and so her having that mm-hmm. background makes obvious sense you know that it's not going to be the same cantonese from hong kong as it is yeah i mean i guess it's it's like i guess it's the equivalent of you know these old folks not understanding the youth ling- lingo you know like when you say oh what? you're say, the old folk and you clutch. can't understand the lingo yeah 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 <laughs> it's that it's reversed with uh, my mom because like she's like inventing words here and there just because she's like um influenced yeah. by her friends like my mom using oh. emotes emojis that's kind of hilarious oh yeah <laughs> but yeah um, i get it i get it totally um but i think that's interesting though because they has that always been the case or has it been recently that that's uh been developed and that was a couple of years ago oh, and okay. then and then like the moment she stops hanging out with them and then she stops developing those habits Oh, right? like well, she's very yeah. easily influenceable. That's, well, I don't think it's influence because there's there's been studies that shows that d- depending who you hang out with, how they speak, you eventually catch up on, and that's just how language pro- oh, proliferates. Yeah. No, Marv. Yeah, Marv, I'm hundred percent no, sure. Like, like okay, wait, you don't understand. She's the kind of person that like a couple of years ago again, she's like, oh, coming up to me, she's like, 
What do you think about Canada Goose? Oh, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Mom, uh, you don't live in the north. You're uh, not outside for long. Like, Montreal doesn't have, like, minus funny. 40 weather. And it's, like, a piece of clothing that costs, like, what, $700 a minimum. And I'm like, you don't need it. Because even if you go out, you're She's looking you for drive. that style, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, see, and then and then she went with, well, all my friends have it. So you see, it's kind of like inversed, uh, reverse. <laughs> like she she sounds like she's the young one, and I sound like I'm the old one. Um, Did she get it? She, she got it behind my back. Yeah, and I don't know why she. Yeah, <laughs> like why ask for my opinion when you already wow. got it? Like. You should. You know uh, you're not gonna like it. You should be happy for your mom. She's trying to stay youthful. Oh, guess what? She never wears it. Oh, that's even better because she's trying to preserve it. You know. Yeah, that's it. She's like, I'm like, where's your seven hundred dollar coat? Why aren't you wearing it? She's like, oh, because you don't want to wear it dirty. dirty. Exactly. See. She God knows damn what's it, Barb. God she damn up. it. She got that. That is not okay. That's that just like a waste wear. of money. She got that streetwear going. She's like, oh my god. Oh man! You you actually encourage these type of yeah because you, you have to remember our parents came from nothing right, and so mm-hmm. if they want to, I mean, as long as they're not doing it all constantly, if your mom is constantly like buying stuff to not even wear or or I mean, she has I, a problem. I will yeah yeah, yeah a- exactly. But if she buys it and she knows why she doesn't want to wear it, you know, or she wear it to only special occasions, sure that's fine because she can afford it and. W- they had nothing their whole life, so it's like that's fine, you know. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> but um, yeah, she has. A, I would say that she has a hoarding problem, and also <laughs> like a um, uh, she just loves shopping. Like she can't stop shopping. She she even okay, admitted well, to me that like that she has a problem with shopping. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, and then she always regrets energy. her purchases. Okay, well that's that's different then, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, she regretted her Canada Goose. <laughs> she regretted that two thousand dollar massage chair she bought at Pacific Mall that one time. Oh my god! Do you guys use it? And and she she got it because my aunt got it. Oh my god! And then she just wanted to be hip, you know. Jesus, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the meantime, oh, my that's... mom's buying like Louis Vuitton bags and jewelry to like resell. You should ask mm-hmm. your mom if she wants to do that to resell it, because um, my mom buys stuff. She wants to keep that. it. Oh no! Okay, maybe that's not the thing. Yeah, the, I will give it to her. The Louis Vuitton bags. She will wear it once in a while, like just to show off and stuff. Oh yeah, like that. that's totally fine. And yeah, but like if she wants to buy, have her get into like buying and selling, you know, or like mm-hmm. buying from pawn shops or from because that's what my mom does. She goes to like pawn shops and like looks. She'll bring like her little diamond uh tester and gold tester and like you know. Oh check my out god, your mom is so cool. And resell it and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> like if you have like She's like you, a lady boss. Yeah, there. if you go if you go on my mom's phone, like all her emails are like eBay emails. I'm like, oh my god, mom. Like, oh wow. Yeah, yo, your mom is so advanced, like in technology and everything. Not really advanced, I'd say, because she still asks for help a lot, but I mean she knows what she needs to do. She Oh she come on. Okay, okay, I'll give you I'll give you an example. My mom doesn't know how to text. Oh, why don't you teach her? Well, because there's no point in teaching when she she like gives up. 
Well, no, just be like, oh, just be like, all the all the aunties are like doing it. All they do is text now. And she'll hold no, me. she voice me- she does voice messaging. She sends. <laughs> oh God, okay. And then she listens to her own voice message. What? It's really yeah, no, it's really <laughs> annoying because like she'll you you're there in the room, you hear her push on the button to record herself, right? Mm-hmm. And she talks, and right after you know, shoom, it sends. <laughs> And she plays it. She plays it again. Every single message that she says, like that she talks. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And so like you're hearing things in double. And I once asked her, I said, like, mom, why do you have to listen to your message again? Like you already know what you recorded. She's like, I like to hear my own voice. (laughs) I think that's. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know. That's Uh, funny. Well, your mommy is the youngest, right? She is the youngest, yeah. Okay, I think there's some correlation between that, but I'm not a psychologist, so but you should look into it. I think so too. I think so too. There's like a lot of, um, uh, you know, she's always boasting about her education. Oh my all god! Her siblings. <laughs> That's all her other siblings did not get to go. That's so like, different from school. my mom. My mom would be like, you know, don't, don't go boasting. Don't go show up. Like. People will find out if they oh, want to know. And yeah, my you... mom is. She loves bragging. Oh my like, god! Okay, that's one hundred percent. She loves bragging. My mom, my mom is like the really like your actions will speak loudest. You know the way you. you oh, so you, she, she's the humble one. Yeah, she's, she's like she's like the one like <laughs> once you when when people when you know you do something well, people will eventually find out, and you don't have to say anything yeah. about it. You know, and so things yeah. like that. So. Like. Like, I'll give you an example, like a real life example. If she does something, I don't know, and and like you find it, oh yeah, that's smart, and you you compliment her, right? Like you say, oh that's smart, that's brilliant. She'll say, of course. Oh, who do you think I am? <laughs> you know? Okay, all right, yeah, that's so yeah. different because like I I take after my mom in like regards to things like that, so. It's hard for me to take compliments, you know, because I'll downplay it oh, and stuff okay. like that. And like that's, but that's so completely different, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but wow. it's it's funny. It's funny though, like because like you get a laugh out of oh, it. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, she she absolutely the loves of attention, compliments. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, now, now <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah that's good um, that's funny um, I think this will wrap up this episode mm-hmm. thanks everyone for listening in hopefully you guys had a great Mother's Day um, I love my mom I'm sure Amy loves her mom love her mom you, yeah and so uh, thanks for joining us this week as we talk about the history and, uh, and how our parents came uh, how our mothers came about um, if you have any questions or uh, comments feel free to email us at the amtake at gmail.com it's T-H-E-A-M-T-A-K-E at gmail.com and yeah alright so join us next week as this time we'll be talking about our dads and so you know this week is moms next week is dads I know Father's Day is on June 18th yeah, a little bit ways away but um, I think it's still only fair to go from mothers to fathers so join us That's next right. week alright alright see you bye, bye.